You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Welcome to episode 43 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today I am going to be talking about something that I think is going to be really helpful for everybody who is just starting to jump into gardening, whether it's something that you are kind of already interested in doing this growing season, or it's something that you've kind of been motivated to do because you're feeling stressed about food, because of the coronavirus pandemic and not being able to get out to shops and stores as easily, um, this will be a really helpful episode because I'm going to be talking about must-have tools for beginning gardeners. I feel like there's a lot of gear out there that, yes, of course, if you had all the money in the world, you could go ahead and buy for gardening. But I got into gardening because I wanted to simplify. And so I was really motivated to only get the absolute bare minimum necessary tools that I had to have or that I found especially useful. So that is what I am going to be covering today. But first, a word from our sponsor. I want to start off today's episode by saying thank you, thank you, thank you to those of you who have started following me recently on Instagram and asking me questions and your love of gardening or your interest in beginning to garden is just why I do what I do and I really appreciate it. I also really appreciate those of you who have taken the time to leave a rating um, somewhere like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify. I recently had someone leave a rating that said they love the podcast. It just came off really quiet. So I have been doing everything I can, all sorts of audio research to try and boost the volume on my episodes. I went through all my old episodes and I turned up the volume as much as I could but I have done my very best, so hopefully that's better and you don't have to turn your volume on your iPhone or your car stereo all the way up with your earbuds in in order to be able to hear this episode. Now, moving on to must-have garden tools. I have always been a pretty budget-conscious person, and one of the traps that I feel like it's really easy to fall into when you pick up a new hobby is buying all the new toys for that new hobby. But you're really better off researching, you know, the needs of your plants than all the different tools you're supposed to quote unquote need to take care of them. And I think it's also important to get the opinions of established gardeners, people who have been at it for, you know, at least a few years and have them weigh in on like, okay, what's actually absolutely necessary to get you started. So that's what I'm going over today. And as usual, in the show notes for this episode, I will have a link to the sister post on my blog, BN Basil, for this episode. And for tools where I feel like it's especially useful, I actually have links to the exact product that I have and that I use and that I personally recommend. 
I don't believe in linking to things that I have never actually tried. I just, I feel like that's kind of shady. And so I really want to make sure that the things that I'm linking to and suggesting and recommending to you are things that I personally believe in. So if there's a link to a product in that sister post, you can be sure that it's probably really dirty now, but I actually do have it at home and I use it. Um, if it doesn't have a link, it's not something that I feel like, you know, brand is is really important for. I don't really have a preference. And there are a few things where I do mention a preference on brand, but I don't have an exact, you know, product. So take that for what it's worth, but let's jump in. So the first on my list for must-have garden tools is a shovel. Now, obviously, this is only going to apply to people who are maybe you have raised beds, like large raised beds where you're shoveling in lots of dirt, or you are cultivating, you know, the ground, the soil in your like own backyard or on your property. Obviously, if you have a smaller container garden, like pots and things like that, you're not going to need a full-size shovel. So you can kind of just ignore that. But I will say if you do need a full-size shovel, you're going to need it every year, especially at the very beginning and at the very end of the growing season when adding compost and manure to your garden beds, kind of prepping your garden beds for the start of the season and then cleaning up your garden beds at the end of the season. One of the pro tips I have for shovels that you might not think about is pay attention to the weight of the shovel. Whether you are buying it in person at the store or you're buying it online, look for it in the product description. I have a Fiskars shovel, which I recommend Fiskars gardening products up and down. Their tools are amazing. They're really sturdily built. They're long lasting. I haven't had one rust on me yet. And I have a Fiskars shovel that's made of steel and has a lifetime guarantee and a really sharp blade that's useful for, you know, cutting through tree roots and stuff like that when I have old stumps that I need to dig out. But that sucker is heavy. And if I'm going to be like really honest, Mr. B and I will never admit it to each other. But when we go to start yard work, we try to beat each other to the old lighter, like wooden handled shovel. Like whoever gets to it has to deal with using the super heavy steel Fiskars shovel. <laughs> like I said, super quality. But if you have a smaller frame, if you struggle with kind of shoulder and back issues, you're going to want a lighter shovel. So just make sure that you pay attention to the weight of the shovel when you go to buy it. Next up would be a spade. So no matter what kind of gardening you're doing, container gardening, in the ground gardening, raised bed gardening, you're more than likely going to need a spade. You're going to need it for digging small holes, moving smaller amounts of dirt where a shovel won't fit. I mean, technically you can use your hands to do this, but I have done this a few times and oh my gosh, the amount of dirt that just gets caked under and around my fingernails and in my cuticles, it drives me nuts. So having a spade is, is usually just faster and more efficient and helps keep you, if you're just trying to do a quick trip out in the garden, helps keep your fingers a little bit more clean. And obviously you're going to be using it every day for a few weeks during transplanting and succession planting, seed sowing. I'm honestly not partial to a brand when it comes to a spade. I have several because I have a tendency to um, keep them in several places or should I say lose them, leave them in several places um, in the garage, in the basement. Sometimes I accidentally leave them out in the garden because I lose track of them. I want to say I have three or four spades and they all do the same job. 
A lot of times you'll find spades sold in a set with a claw or a weed digger. And honestly, you don't really need that little claw thing. Most people use the claw to cultivate around the base of plants before fertilizing or weeding between rows. But I've actually found that using that claw can cause you to accidentally damage or dig up the plants with more shallow root systems. So I end up using my hands and fingers instead for those purposes. You're honestly just better off spending money on just a good spade with a solid handle and a sharp blade rather than a set that has like two or three things, one or two of which you hardly ever will use. Gardening gloves. I debated on putting this in here because some days I'm really thankful for them and some days I just leave them inside. But if you're the type who hates having dirt under your nails, like I talked about earlier, or you're trying to make a quick trip out to the garden and you don't have time to, you know, get the nail brush out and scrub everything down, or you hate having calluses on your hands, you're going to want gardening gloves. Also, dealing with certain plants like prickly winter squash vines or thorny blackberry bushes is just a lot more comfortable with a good pair of gardening gloves. As far as how often you'll use them, you'll probably, depending on your preferences anyway, you'll probably use them most days unless you really hate having dirty fingers and in that case you'll use them every day. I would say make sure you get gloves that fit well. I don't really recommend buying gardening gloves online just because you can't really try them on. If you do buy them online, make sure that you read the reviews and make sure you pay attention to whether they offer them in different sizes because you're a lot more likely to use them if you feel like they actually fit your fingers and don't feel clumsy. I actually link, even though I said don't buy gloves online, haha, um, I link in my post to a pair of Smith & Hawken uh, gardening gloves from Target. I love them because the back is breathable. The wrist closure is made out of Velcro and it helps them feel snug around your wrist. And then there's a little bit of padding at the base of the fingers and the thumb that make carrying heavy loads a lot more comfortable. Again, just like spades, I have a few pairs because I either wear them out for home renovation projects that I shouldn't be wearing them for just because I like wearing them so much. I find them so um, comfortable. Or I misplace them like I misplace my spades and then I can't find them and I find them later. So that's why I have multiple pairs of them. If you're just using them for gardening, I swear they don't like wear out that fast. They're actually fairly sturdy. I was using them for like demolition in um, some of the renovation projects in our house. I would say they don't wear the best for that. You'll end up with holes in them fairly quickly, but for gardening work, they work pretty awesome. Pruning shears. This is a must must have for me and a good pair of pruning shears is a must must have. A clean cut is so important for plants to keep them healthy. If you have something that's like a tear it's just, it's going to heal a lot slower. So bacteria and fungi is going to be more likely to get in there. So a sharp set of shears for pruning and harvesting certain things is really critical. Some plants like squash have super thick stems. And so like twisting fruit off the vine can damage the plant when you have other fruit on there still growing. With pruning shears, you're going to get a lot more precise cut that heals faster no matter what you're using them for. As far as how often you'll use them, almost every day once plants start growing, like I said, both for pruning and for harvesting and pretty much all through the end of the growing season. 
My pruning shears are my most used tool and that's why I say they are a must must have. I linked the ones that I have on my post. They're also made by Fiskars and I cannot recommend them enough. I've recommended them in multiple posts. They have a power lever so they kind of automatically open back up when you kind of snip something. It just saves a lot of exhaustion in your hand and your forearm muscles when you're doing a lot of pruning or a lot of harvesting. And so I would say if you don't buy, you know, a pair of Fiskard shears, the one that I that I linked specifically, again, not going to hurt my feelings. You do you. Everybody has their own price points, preferences. I would say at least make sure you're getting ones with that lever action so they spring back open on their own. Again, going to save you a lot of physical effort when you're out there in the garden for hours at a time. The next thing you're going to need, especially if you have a raised bed garden or a cultivated garden where you're working in the ground, is a wheelbarrow or a garden cart. You are going to be moving so much dirt and we actually have a wheelbarrow and a garden cart because we're always moving compost, straw bales or other kinds of mulch, manure, flats of seedlings, even probably things I can't even think of. It's going to save your back, your arms, and your legs a ton of work getting everything from point A to point B. You're going to use it a ton at the beginning of the season as you prep your garden beds and a little during planting, a lot during end of season cleanup. I honestly, for wheelbarrows and garden carts, I would just, before you buy something, I would say measure the width of any gates and in between your raised beds before you buy a wheelbarrow or a garden cart. And then check out the width of whatever wheelbarrow or garden cart you are looking at. There's no point in having a wheelbarrow that won't fit where you need it to go. It's a horrible problem to have. As far as brands, I would say get what works for you. My in-laws got me a Polar brand garden cart a few years ago for Christmas, and I absolutely love it, but this sucker is like $175, so it's kind of pricey. But when you're under five foot five and you have a petite frame, a plain wheelbarrow lifting up those handles can get really exhausting for your forearms. With a garden cart, you don't have to hoist it up off the ground as much to push it or pull it. So that's the only reason why I mention that particular garden cart or why you might want a garden cart instead of a wheelbarrow. But again, you do you. Next thing up would be a washable basket. I think a lot of people, like they when they plant, plants, especially when they start out, when they're just beginning, they forget that they need something for harvesting. And so you end up making that super awkward makeshift basket out of like the bottom of your t-shirt, right? You kind of hold your t-shirt out and you pick stuff and you throw it in in there. And if it's like tomatoes or something really heavy, it like stretches out your t-shirt really horribly and you get dirt all over it. Save yourself the laundry and the stains and the ruining of the shirts and get yourself a washable basket for harvesting fruits, vegetables, flowers. You're going to use it every day after about May 15th for most of us. Um, That's when spring peas and leafy greens really start to hit their stride and that's when you're going to be probably harvesting a little bit every day. The key word though here is washable. I've seen the gorgeous woven European baskets that you can buy and it feels very romantic. Feel free to get that basket for like harvesting flowers or edible flowers or small things like that grow on a vine like peas. 
But sometimes I'm harvesting dirt-caked beets and carrots or berries that ooze bright red juice everywhere and are highly staining. And I really just need something utilitarian and not romantic. So something that's made of plastic or silicone or rubber that I can just kind of hose off in the kitchen sink is, is just a lot more efficient when it comes to a basket used for harvesting. Now, another thing that I debated on whether or not to put it on here was a tool belt, but I went for several years without one and I bought one recently and it has been a game changer. I, there's so many things that I take out to the garden and I pick up and I put down and I lose track of, or I drop and it's just so freaking annoying. A tool belt stops all of that. You can put your spade, your gloves, your shears, your seed packets, even your phone in it while you're out in the garden. The nearest thing that I had to this previously was my overalls. And I only have them in super heavy denim. And it's not the most comfortable thing to wear in the summer is those super heavy denim overalls. You're probably going to use it anytime you're going out to the garden for more than like a quick pest check and or watering. I end up using mine most on the weekends when I go out and I do all my weeding and pruning and planting. I would say get something with more pockets than you think you'll need. Over time, I I honestly at first, I, I recommend a Dickies tool belt that I linked to in my blog post. And at first I thought it had too many pockets, but I got it anyway because all the reviews are really good. It was, it's light, it's really minimal and inexpensive, and it was really easy to kind of slide it and shift it around to hang around the back, you know, my lower back if it was getting in the way while I worked, kind of bending over forward doing stuff. But over time, I have found something to put in every single one of those pockets, like a pencil and a small notebook for keeping notes on like when stuff sprouts, pest issues that I come up with, things that I try that do or don't work, like just weird stuff that I have found to put in those pockets. Um, So I would say a tool belt is definitely a game changer. might be something that you can do without for a little while, but if you start to get really serious about your gardening, I would definitely recommend it. The last thing, and I would say this is definitely more for people with raised bed gardens and in-ground gardens, would be a watering wand. When you're gardening, you need different kinds of water streams at different times. Sometimes you need a mist to keep the soil damp while the carrot seeds are germinating because they need consistently damp moisture every single day because they are very slow to germinate and sometimes you need a strong spray to hose off the corn leaf aphids that have made themselves at home on your corn stalks and you find it as a surprise on a lovely summer afternoon. Um, A multifunction watering wand helps because it allows you to do the mist to do the super strong spray, to do the flow that feels like, you know, raindrops to your plants. It's also helpful for extending your reach over the fence if you have a fenced-in garden, and it's helpful in directing water where it needs to go. A lot of water tends to be wasted, you know, watering plants out in the garden from above when it's not so much the leaves that need it, right? It's the roots that are down in the dirt. So a watering wand just kind of helps you kind of reach down under the plants and water down at that root level. 
I would say get a watering wand that's made out of stainless steel so it won't rust. I really prefer the DRAM, spelled D-R-A-M-M, brand of watering wands, and I link to the one that I use on the blog post. I absolutely love it. About once a year, I find that I need to soak the head of it in vinegar to remove any lime scale from the water, kind of just like you would a shower head, especially if you have hard water. You know, those deposits can build up in any sort of watering wand and cause the water flow to be a little less efficient. So it works really, really well. But that is seriously it. I mean, there might be other supplies that you need, like seed starting supplies or supplies to help you manage pests. But when it comes to gardening tools, the implements that you use to plant and take care of your plants, that's that's really it. You don't need a kneeling pad or a stool unless you have knee or back issues. You don't need that fancy hammered copper watering can. Um, I use a recycled gallon milk jug with holes pounded in the cap with nails and a hammer. Um, it's super fancy. You don't even need a pitchfork unless you're growing potatoes and even then you can use your hands with gardening gloves. All you need really is just a few simple tools, some curiosity, and a whole lot of patience. So if you just got into gardening and you're wondering what tools you need and you're really budget conscious, um, which I totally get right now, I think the whole world with jobs and everything up in the air for a lot of us we're feeling very budget conscious. That is my guide to must-have gardening tools. And again, some of those you might not even need right away. The ones that I said I debated even throwing in here. Again, visit my blog, Be and Basil, to see the sister post for this episode. That is it for today. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about the best vegetables for small gardens. And thank you so very much for listening. I know a lot of you have said that you're you're binging on these episodes or you've just discovered the podcast lately. And it makes me happy that it's bringing you some enjoyment and entertainment and hope in such crazy, crazy times. I really enjoy recording these episodes for you. So... Thanks so much, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.